Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Paul, the fan. I think anyone who puckers up their lips and presses it against their boss's buttocks and then smooches is an ass kisser. I seem to be inept at everything except my work. I'm good at my work. So I confine myself to that. All I want out of life is a 30 share and a 20 rating. The man's enlarged my mind. Uh, uh, he's a poet warrior in the, in the classic sense. Uh, I'm a little man. I'm a little man. He's he's a great man. Think of it as colors. There's black and there's white. And in between is mostly gray. That's us. Now, gray is a tough color because it's not as simple as black and white. And for the media, certainly not as interesting. But it's who we are. Excuse me. And KFAN.com. Two minutes, 22 seconds past the hour of 3 o'clock Central Daylight Time. Welcome back. It is a uh, Wednesday production of the uh, occasionally acclaimed Bumper to Bumper program on an increasingly moist and warm Wednesday afternoon here in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul. I am the host of the program. My name is Dan Barrero. I am joined, as always, by Guardsy, Justin Guard. Brett Blakemore was worried. He goes, I start coming to the to the booth late, as it is. Yeah. And he goes, is Guardsy here today? I said, well, I thought I saw him about five minutes ago. We talked for a minute. There was some panic. There was definitely some panic. Game time on time. Going on. Well, that's what they like to say, and we are here, and we intend to stay here uh, until 6.30 tonight, until, unless they... I guess they could drag us out of here. It's possible. It's from time to time in the history of radio, it has happened mid-segment. I wonder how many times that has happened. That during a during your broadcast time, your your show slot, 
you are literally pulled off the air. Yeah. Are well, there any famous examples? One that comes to mind. Has it ever happened here? I don't know if it's ever happened here, but one that comes to mind recently was in your hometown, kind of, Chicago, Illinois. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because, yeah, we did talk about it. I think it was because they have the ESPN station. They've got the score. But then for a while, didn't they have like 98.7 the game? They had a third station. I don't remember that. It was not memorable. But what happened was the game. The news broke during a show that the station was essentially cleaning house and shutting down. The news was broken by like the sports business reporter of Chicago. Right. And so the host was reading that news about his station on his station. His future was now essentially over there. But what made it doubly awkward was his co-host on the show was the program director and one of the executives that knew the station was going away and that they were all getting fired but didn't tell the host. That's rough. Made for some tension. Made now, for some tension. Did But did they finish that slot? That I think they did. I think they did in that case. Yeah, I, I think they did. So I'm wondering how many often it's been where you've literally had security come in and forcibly remove somebody, you know, during a shift. People I have mean, to ask us, yeah, or answer for us. Uh, let us know, Bradshaw on Brad KFN text line 64686. And has there ever been an a local? Example. I'm not encouraging it. I'm certainly not hoping for it. Maybe we'll be the first. But maybe we can make some form of uh, history today. Orton Volvo guest lineup includes Kessler in studio at about 5.30, 5.30 or so. And at the bottom of this hour, Kevin Seifert files a live report from Vikings training camp. Uh, we intended to be here uh, several days this week, but the timing just didn't work out. The joint practice sessions... What, this week with the uh, Tennessee Titans, today and tomorrow, I believe? Yes. And then who are we uh, joint practicing with next week? Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals. But did I see a breaking news note, by the way, that the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Bucks, one of their starting wide receivers, went down with a what they call in the business non-contact injury. Oh, really? out for the season. Yeah, Gage. That's our first game, is it not? Russell Gage, yeah. We host the uh, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Bucks. And so that's, I don't blame any coach for um, becoming quite religious. If they're not normally religious, becoming religious around training camp. Because it, honestly, it it's just dumb luck, is it not? How some teams get affected right out of the get-go and some don't. And in Egan today, I think uh, Traylon Burks, former first-round pick of the Titans a year ago, wide receiver, he was carted off today. Whoa. He caught a long touchdown pass early and then was injured a can little we, bit later. Can we blame it on... Ed Donatel? <laughs> the touchdown pass the or touchdown, the injury? The touchdown pass. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know about the injury. Um, also, um, who's our uh, highly regarded speeder, speedy wide receiver who sometimes speeds in his car? Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison, we learned today, has been held out because he suffered a concussion, and he's now in concussion protocol. He fell earlier in the week. Seifert will give us all the details, I'm sure, at 3.30. Bottom line is Addison is in concussion protocol as we speak, which obviously means that whether they intended to play him in a preseason game number two against the Titans, he will not be available f- uh, for action on Saturday night right here in the fan. That would be that correct? the understanding, yeah. Um, I mentioned off the top of the program we are indeed your what-the-hell-happened leader. I I just assumed we would be celebrating another big Twins victory 
fresh off a dramatic, you want to talk about a moonshot home run. Is there anything better in baseball than a moonshot grand slam? Pretty big. Was it Walner? Yeah. Of course it was Walner. Local guy, right? Force like zone. Of course it was. And um, we're up early for nothing. We're up 4-0 on the Tigers, and I'm saying we're going to have to go after Twins fans again for not <laughs> giving this team enough credit and paying attention to yeah, them. Yeah, nice, clean little two-game sweep. Apparently, the Tigers have scored the last eight runs of the game. We call that eight unanswered runs. Yep. And uh, they are still batting in the top half of the ninth inning. So let me know uh, via the Bradshaw and Brian KFN text line what happened. 64686. Sounds like Maeda was just okay. I think he gave up three runs in, he went like three innings? He went he? four. He went four. Yep. 87 pitches. Um, we can't blame this one on Pagan, I don't think. It was Jax, was it not? Who was yes. the culprit? Jax, yes. Tiger's score, is it, was it four runs in the seventh? It was four runs in the seventh, Including all charged to Griffin dongs. Jax. I think there, was two, there were two dongs and a triple in the inning, during the inning. And um, so now we find ourselves, apparently, we're going to need a big, big, big rally if we're going to uh, even the series at a game apiece. And the like you said, Tigers are still batting. One on, one out. In the top of the night. What kind of crowd we got? Uh, looks How's it look? Fairly sparse, but people may have left. We I have mean, to talk. You know, Seifert apparently was there. He, our 3.30 guest was at the Twins game yesterday. So maybe He saw the Walner blast. Saw, well, unless he left. You don't leave when Matt Walner's about to you don't? To hit. No, yeah, not lately. Right. You're probably right. Royce Lewis that. in there as well? Yeah, you're probably right about that. Uh, so we are. We learn once again that um, we can't always blame everything on Pagan. And in fact, lately, he's been good far more than he's been bad, correct? I mean, Joe Friedberg can't complain all that much. He's been pretty good. About Pagan. Latroy said it last week. And I don't know what to say anymore about, uh, is it, is it uh, Kepner? Who am I thinking of? Oh, that's a different sport. Um, who's our right fielder? You're thinking about Kepler? Kepler, not Kepler. Yeah. Kepler. I, I in offseason, wanted to cut him. I didn't want to bring him back. I didn't understand why we brought him back. We did. Uh, he struggled badly until he stopped struggling badly, and now he can't be stopped. And does that mean I have to apologize? I don't know. I, I baseball is so weird. Let's see how long it lasts. I mean, you have to credit him yep. for rebounding and recovering to the degree that he has. But I, I, I can't sit here and tell you. Well, now he's figured everything out. There's too many players like him, like Kepler, who you go, okay, yeah, one year good, one year okay, one year great, but. That's, I guess, what separates the great player from the ordinary player. Great players are consistently good. They all have slumps, of course, but they don't have the kinds of slumps that uh, he did. And can we... Now, I think you told me we've got uh, Gleeman back tomorrow. We do. Four o'clock. Can, will Gleeman blame? Are we... Is it okay to blame, is it permissible to blame today's bullpen meltdown on the decision to not add to that bullpen? Because we didn't this year. We talked about that at the trade deadline. We talked about it last week uh, with the geekless Gleeman. And he reminded us that, look, there were 
there were a number of uh, serviceable relief pitchers who were moved and were available, not necessarily for a king's ransom, as we like to say in the business. So, yeah, I mean, to, to, to narrow it to any one game and blame it on the inactivity, that's a little bit too easy. That's a little bit too convenient. I guess we watch the thing as it plays out. And if we have more bullpen meltdowns, you say, why not give yourself a little bit, um, give, you, give yourself some fresh options. And um, I don't think anything that's happened since then should change from that belief that, that the Twins still would have been better served uh, doing exactly that. Um, there's a challenge going on right now about a uh, whether a base was stolen at second base. I do got to get it right. Well, I want to get to that yesterday because I I saw. I don't know if this was late last night or early today. You and Seifert tried to get me going. Yes, um, that was first thing this morning about replay <laughs> in a uh, a sport that I didn't know had replay. I learned. I didn't either until this replay. morning. And you're delighted to learn. Got to get it right. We'll talk about it. Seifert also, I think, got it on the fun, and you can explain exactly what that activity was. And why it's so important to get it right in this particular um, sport or activity. Bradshaw and Brian KFN text line is 64686. Some suggestions have already come in regarding uh, some folks who may have been like literally pulled off the air uh, during their shift. So apparently it has happened. Doesn't surprise me. We'll get to all those texts and the latest example of the obsession with getting it right. On the fan. Ten minutes from a Vikings practice, TCO Performance Center. The joint practices are continuing. Can you? I thought I gave up on this Twins club. If you left Target Field, you might want to turn around. The the four run Tigers lead has been split in half by a two run dong from your guy Polanco. Did you see that exit velo? That was serious, wasn't it? Aroused by the velo and. I don't believe there's anybody out. That's a fat pitch. You might have been able to hit that ball out. That was sitting there for... And he, he he jumped on it. Straight away center where the trees used to be. I still miss those trees, don't you? Yes. We haven't been the same since. I wonder if there's a way to put them back without everybody losing their mind about the background issue. It's got to be some fancy, you know, sophisticated way to, to pull to, to, to make everybody win. If we could shade the glass at US Bank Stadium so that fewer birds would mm-hmm. crash to their death, we could fix something with the trees, couldn't we? I I would like to think we could. Uh by the way, can you hit the breaking news sounder as well? Oh, they, hang on, uh, I gotta move related. on from the gong. Maybe we should move the gong to the first page. Is there any room on page one? We haven't had to use it Look much. At this! I'm, hit it again. <laughs> Hold on. Hit now the, I got to go back. Gotta go back to the dong gong. Your guy. I got to apologize to, is it Kepler or Kepner? This is Max Kepler. Kepler. Max yeah. Kepler. He just delivers a solo dong. A no doubt about it. He turned on to right field. Now it's eight to seven. But here's what we encourage you to do. Because I'm doing what you're not supposed to do in radio. Live play by play. I am driving you to 
another broadcast. Oh, that was a sad pitch, too. It really was. Yeah, they need another relief pitcher in there for sure. Um, so please, stay with us. We'll keep you informed. Or, if you're watching it at home, turn the sound down on the TV. We've got the going ready. Right we'll us. let you know. Can you get back to the breaking news sounder now? Again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. did you hit it the first time? Yeah, I hit it the first time. Oh, well, then in between. They're keeping Foley, this Foley character, in. Well, I guess if you're the Tigers, what do you care? <laughs> right? Where are you going? Um, according to the manager, Rocco Baldelli, this was yesterday, so it actually isn't breaking. It's breaking for us. Um, seems to be a there seems to be a good chance that Byron Buxton will not be will not be returning until September. Frustrating. And frustrating. I, I would say for most of us, we would go with alert the media. Have you heard about the Lindbergh baby? I has been on the injury list since Aug four. The question I have is, will he be back at all? And I, and I'm not being sarcastic. I, I think there's reason to wonder whether he's going to be back on this team at all, or they'll do what you've fantasized about. You sit him completely until the first round of the playoffs, and then you know what you do. You not only start him, you start him in center field. That's going to get some momentum, I'm telling you. Well, it'd be it, it'd be a wonderfully dramatic gesture. And it'd be stroke. great. Only issue would be who do you play in game two? Because you know he wouldn't be able to bounce back. <laughs> he would probably need an extra day. He'd have to go to Michael Taylor. Well, look no. at this. No. Look at this. No. Oh, he caught uh, it at the warning track. That would have been a walk-off dong. That would have been a walk-off dong. For Walner. A Walner uh, with a runner at first. Royce Lewis. It was Lewis singled uh, just past the to the left of the shortstop. Man, Forrest Lake would have gone nuts. Going the opposite field, and he got it to the warning track. He definitely was lifting it. You could see all along. He's looking for the dong. Why wouldn't he? He's Walner. And uh, <laughs> it was tracked nicely and left. Gets caught. Man. Uh, basically right, at right the near track. the wall. Yeah. yeah, at the end of the track. So the uh, tying run is still on first with uh, with one out for the Twins. So Byron, this doesn't surprise you, does it? No. The Buxton news? It's one of those things Was he, he obviously was asked about it because we're at yeah. about the you know the 10-day or 12-day threshold. Right. No, it doesn't. And we've talked about this before. Gleeman said it last week. Buxton goes to extreme lengths to avoid the injured uh -oh. list. Oh, uh -oh. Solano, oh, come on. 43 double play. <laughs> The, the the dramatic comeback falls one run short. That feels empty. God, we're plucky, though. We're never plucky. gave up. We Battle to the stopped. end. Fight to the end. Stand and so defend. So score the first four runs and the last three. Unfortunately, in between, the Tigers scored eight in a row for Mike Yo, and that ended it. So eight to seven. Um, series is now uh, a, a game apiece, right? And that's it. They don't play tomorrow. Oh, that's it. It's so just a, two a quick two-gamer. Two -gamer, uh, exactly. We know it's not good baseball. Uh, today, probably not great baseball. You know, I may be more of a ball guy than I think because I called him Kepner the first time. Tyler Kepner is New York Times, one of the great baseball writers That's what I there. thought you were yeah. thinking. I mean, I I may have more ball guy in me than you think. Is he right still with the New York head. Times? I think he, well, good question. The uh, New York Times. Or is he with the Athletic in the New York Times? That's a very, I, that's. Because Kepner is be good. Determined. He, he was always a good read. Yeah, he was. Very good writer. Uh, a couple people are bitter. They intended to D, <laughs> um, what's it called? DVR. DVR. They the were DVR game, in the Twins game. And they, they didn't want to know. 
they actually are surprised that on a sports talk station, we would occasionally talk Minnesota Twins, including results. I mean, this station, I don't blame them. It can be a little bit surprising, but it shouldn't be that shocking. Right. That, that it might come up. It might come up, right? So, um, so that's it. We lose uh, by one. We didn't talk about uh, yesterday either. We got. Do you see the Wolves? We got our play-in game schedule. Yes. Had we had a top five, I was going to put it in there. I really like. Uh, I'm excited. I, I'm I'm fired up now for some bizarre reason. I well, I, I was from the beginning. I, I know think you were too. I know, but now, I'm now I, that it's a reality, and you see the teams, yeah. and the matchups. So. And just the the time of the year, and one of them's Friday night, and I think Thanksgiving is kind of in the mix here. It's going to be great. Um, our five team group, which we already knew, but for the record, we're in. The Wolves are in with Oklahoma City, SAC, San Antonio, Davy, and Golden State. We open what's called West Group C play with a pair of road games at San Antonio, Davy on November 10, and at Golden State on November 14. And then we have home games against SAC on November 24 and Oklahoma City on November 28, correct? Um, by the way, all 67 games played in the tournament count toward regular season standings except the title game. Okay. So technically, if you're in the title game, you, you will play an 83-game schedule. Okay. Instead of the usual 82. But the, the 83rd one will not affect your record like if it's a playoff seeding thing, it doesn't have any impact on the big playoffs. Got it. Or um, you know, if 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 Ant scores eighty, doesn't count. It doesn't count as a regular season eighty points. That's what I'm told. I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be fun. Well, I I'm looking forward to it too. I mean, somebody I heard say today, I, we don't th- they don't think it really was intended to have much to do with load management. I think it's all connected. I think. You're, you're, they're trying to come up with ways to maybe discourage load management earlier in the season. This is one of the ways to do it. And more broadly, I think they're just trying to create a little bit more of a buzz about the early part of the regular season. Because for I think it's fair to say that for the casual viewer, the casual basketball fan, they tend to say, I'll get to it after Christmas. Right? Yes. Uh, okay, I remember all those Christmas, that cri- Christmas quadruple header I'll start watching that day, and maybe from that point forward. Maybe, but, but you maybe. still got another month and change that's, of NFL. That's true. Uh, but I think this is their way of saying, okay, well, let's see if we can get a little bit, little bit more buzz so that people, the casual fan, isn't writing off basketball until at the earliest you get to that Christmas period. Uh, how did the Vikings do today? How did the joint practice sessions go today with the our Saturday opponent, the uh, Tennessee Titans? Kevin Seifert was there, is still, I believe, there. He will file a live report via ESPN.com. Bumper on the fan. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Standing in the shadows of love. summer at uh, Target Field today. Tigers hit four dongs, all of them apparently reaching the second deck. We hit, how many dongs did we hit? We hit at least, well, we hit two. We hit two in the ninth. In the ninth. Double check to see it. Bottom line is, though, we finished one run short. Uh, Tigers uh, end the series with a split. Those were our only two dongs. Eight to seven, um, the final score. Meanwhile, the Vikings continue to toil and prepare for the 2023 football season. They're calling them uh, joint practices these days. Tennessee Titans are in town for those already. And uh, Kevin Seifert was there to witness all of it. He joins us now via the Connecticut Water Systems Hotline. Um, do we keep score? Like, is there literally a scoreboard in joint scrimmages? And if there is, did we win or did we lose? Uh, they do have a scoreboard where they time and I guess some weird point compilations for offense and defense. But I would say it was a hard tie today. Where, um, uh, it's probably a win for both teams. So there are no brawls. So they were able to finish the practice uh, as um, physical but not chippy, which I think is probably the right combination. Uh, the, they, they ended with a uh, sort of a one first team versus first team two minute drill and the Vikings offense did not fare as well as one might hope. Um, so that was not encouraging, but the defense didn't give up any scores either. Uh, I, I think I heard the tail end of uh, what the head coach had to say, and that's what I got out of it. I don't want to take it out of context. It sounded like O'Connell was a little, not annoyed, but a little disappointed about basically the way it went offensively. They didn't even get as many reps as he was hoping to get. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, uh, in both in the, both the first team and the second team, okay. uh, they threw an interception on the second play. So then it's over. That you know, a drill that you could potentially have eight or nine yeah. offensive plays, you only get two. And so, just from a pure like practice scheduling standpoint, mm. I think he would have wanted to continue to get more plays against the Titans' first team and then second team. But uh, Cousins had an interception where he sort of underthrew KJ Osborne. Um, I think O'Connell said he would like to see some more air under the ball, but yeah. it wasn't to a fierce wind. And uh, the Nick Collins, Nick Mullins interception was off a tip ball. But the bottom line is that it just essentially limited the number of reps that both of those groups got in those two minute drills, which are very helpful for prepping for games. Um, so we learned that uh, Addison suffered is in concussion protocol. Is that correct? What do we know about that story? Yeah, he, he wasn't out there today, obviously. And um, the most recent practice they had on day was a very light uh, walkthrough. But I guess at some point he went to the ground in that practice and felt what O'Connell said were very minor 
minor um, symptoms, but just the way that they are working the protocol this summer, they put him in there and they're, they're just having him go through that process. Uh, O'Connell was already talking about the likelihood that he'll be back as early as Monday. And usually, uh, you know, you can be in the protocol without even suffering a concussion. They just put you in there for abundance of caution sometimes if you've reported symptoms. So that's encouraging. And if he really does get back on Monday, then that suggests this was probably just an abundance of caution situation. But it will prevent him from playing in this preseason game uh, this weekend against the Titans. If the Vikings said, let's pull the plug. We got to start. We're going to uh, Kevin. We're going to try to call you back. It's it's just not working, and it's it's too distracting for people. Uh, we'll try to get Seaford back on the uh, regular phone line, which also can be challenging from time to time, but we'll give that a shot and see if we can get uh, Kevin Seaford back uh, from Vikings practice today. Kessler is going to join at uh, 5.30. A texter wants to know whether if the Wolves win the in-season tournament, would that warrant a parade? Maybe a small one, maybe a short parade. Um, I will not be denigrating a Timberwolves run to the in-season tournament title. I will not. I don't think. I guess things could change, but I, at this point, I'm not. A banner for sure. Yeah, at least a banner, and you can then raise it. Uh, Seifert back uh, back with us. On Hawkinson, so um, is he, like, ramped up yet, or is he, like, going on still, like, half speed because uh, we learn? what did you learn this yesterday? I think that it, it ended up being an ear infection that was affecting balance for him and 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 making his um, uh, ability, I guess, to be a full participant rather challenging up till now. Yeah, he he did not do much today. Um, he he told us on Monday that the reason he's basically just been doing the early parts of most practices um, and then leaving during the the contact periods is that he had an ear infection that was affecting his equilibrium, and uh, they're they're taking it slow. And and I guess you know he's he's been through enough camps in his career that. Uh, and it's in the second year of this offense that there's not a huge urgency to, to have him in there. And there's a, a protocol for, for how to, you know, to get through these types of situations and, and come out the other side. Okay. Where it doesn't start becoming a recurring problem. And so that's where they're at now. So he did not do much after the sort of the warm up individual type drills. And I imagine it's going to stay that way for at least a little while. I doubt he would have played in the, um, any of the preseason games anyway. I think they would have loved to get him some work in this practice this week, uh, if not this week, then next week against Arizona. But they appear to be taking it very slowly with him uh, and basically making the target uh, opening day in week one. Um, so we, I think we brought in another running back to sort of kick the tires on him. I, I don't know if that was yesterday or today. So, I mean, does this mean anything? Are we unhappy with our depth at running back? Is this just the normal vetting process now that a lot of teams do just to keep their eyes open to see who might be available? Are we, I mean, are we, are we happy with our starting running back? What, if anything, do we make of all these efforts to bring running backs in? Yeah, uh, I, I mean, you're right. There, there's, there's, there's a little bit of depth issue when you look at the fact that Kanae Nwangu has not practiced really at all during camp. Um, and so you always, it appears as though they're kind of just looking um, to see who's out there and developing relationships uh, in case they are going to have a depth issue when, when training camp begins. Uh, I have no reason to think that they are anything but happy with Alexander Madison as a starter. I continue to believe that he's going to be the, the three down back that they've been talking about, 
whether he plays as much as Dalvin Cook did, yeah. I don't know, but he'll clearly be, there'll be no, it would be the shock of all shocks if he's not the, the, the top back when the season begins, assuming he's healthy. And I, and I really do think that they're, they're becoming more encouraged with Ty Chandler as well um, mm. as a backup. And so I think this is mostly depth related. Uh, you know, there's obviously some big names that have been thrown out there, Kareem Hunt and, and Mike Jones, two guys that have played a lot of football in the NFL. And, um, but I don't have any reason to think that they're concerned about Madison and, um, uh, or, I don't think Ty Chandler as well. Uh, what have we seen of Daniil? He's been good. You know, he's back doing everything. Um, he was out there uh, in the one-on-ones today. He was in the team drills against the Titans. And he, he looks back. And, I mean, there was never any doubt to, to, uh, that he'd be in good physical condition because he's just a, he's just a, a beast. And, and he came in as advertised uh, as um, uh in shape as you could expect. And so they just went through a couple weeks of ramp up just because he hadn't done any football activity during the, with the team during the off season and then wasn't involved in that initial ramp up acclimation period, but he seems to be full speed. Um, they had targeted this week to be the time, you know, against the Titans to give him that work and he's getting it. And, and to me, it looks, uh, looks really good. Do we have, I mean, have we seen enough to, to figure out what, might be the favorite defense we use. I know some of that depends on, you know, what the other team offensively, you know, what the offense is doing. But because um, we had, what was it? There was talk about we in the first preseason game, we messed around with three safeties a lot early, and everybody's trying to get a handle on what, what this particular coordinator might favor on the basis of mixing it up or on the basis of maybe even personnel, the mix of players he has. Do we have any idea what, 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 we're going to look like in terms of what we think Flores really likes to do? I think a little bit will be dependent on the type of offense that they're facing. But um, just today, watching the Titans offense, which we all know, I mean, they can do three and in, in multiple receiver sets, but they're obviously a, uh, a power running team with, with Derrick Henry. And um, uh, what we saw a lot was sort of the big nickel look, which would have um, three safeties on the field. Josh Metellus being the third safety along with Cameron Bynum and, and Harrison Smith. And so Metellus appears to be someone they think is very versatile who can almost be like a small linebacker on the line of scrimmage sometimes, can play the traditional safety role, sometimes is lining up in the slot to be a defender, uh, you know, to defend receivers in the slot. And so that's what we, like, I, I didn't keep track numerically, but just anecdotally, that was when the first team defense was out there, the the leading personnel grouping was something off of that three safety look with, with big nickel look with Metellus. And so I, I don't think it'll be necessarily that way against every team yeah. every week. I do think Flores is going to do, you know, he learned at, at Bill Belichick with Bill Belichick and, and the Patriots defense in those years, even when Flores was the play caller there um, really did uh, shift and, and transfigure based on what, the opponent offense uh, would come out in or is expected to come out in and what their strengths and weaknesses are. So I, you know, there's a likelihood that there'll be other versions of what we see, but today that's, that was the majority of what we saw against the Titans. Kevin Seifert joining us. He of course writes for ESPN.com and joins us weekly uh, throughout much of the year, certainly all of the uh, regular season and even preseason, the way things are going 
these days. Um, where are we on... Um, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our offensive line. You know, we, we it seems like, what wasn't it last year in the joint practices where they kind of got mauled? Or was it was it other parts of the team that got mauled? I'm trying to figure out whether, because I think the, the the perception is almost like, look, we figured out the tackle positions. We have to worry. We're much better than we used to be, and that's three-quarters of the battle. And the rest of it, you know, we hope eh, it'll come together. We've got to do a little mixing and matching here, but we're we're happy with that, too. Can we be that, I guess, confident about what we have at the line of scrimmage offensively? Um. I think interior-wise, that's still a work in progress and still something that's, um, you know, they're a lot stronger on the outside, and they, at least they will be once Brian O'Neill is back full-time at right tackle than they are on the inside. Um, I, I do think, you know, oddly enough that, you know, Ed Ingram, um, you know, one of the guards, uh, you know, he goes from being a rookie to a second-year player, and it's reasonable to think that he'll make a decent jump. You know, many many players do that uh, from their rookie year to their to their second year, and so that if you're looking for someone that has the potential to be better that in the middle there than he was last year, that's actually the direction I would look at. Um, you know, I, I think Garrett Bradbury is what he has always been, and for better and worse, like no one's ever claimed he was um, an All Pro center, and but I think the Vikings have viewed him as someone that is better than the potential value of a replacement. And so they re-signed him. And uh, as for Cleveland, you know, it's, it's notable that he's uh, he would be, in the last year of his contract, he could, he's the kind of guy you would sign to a contract extension if you thought you wanted to keep him long-term. And uh, to this point, we haven't seen that happen. And so I think it's fair to at least think about why that's the case. But um, I, so long story short, I don't think that there's reason to feel like they've made a substantial jump there. Maybe there's some schematic things they can do after after looking at the tape from last season that could help things out. But uh, the personnel, with the exception of Ingram, is sort of, I think we know what it is. Uh, by the way, you mentioned Metellus. In the old days, the position you're describing that he might fit into, you're probably too young to know this, it was called, in, this was mainly in college football, the term was monster back. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the term? It used to be big I once upon a time. Say yeah. that I have not. Monster. I I loved it. It seemed to fade, uh, unfortunately, pretty pretty quickly. And I think it goes back. I think it started at um, yeah. It, apparently, in Penn State in the fifties, they had a, a coach who ran a, a, a defense he called the fifty-two monster defense. Five defensive linemen and a strong safety known as a monster back. But according, this is actually via an ESPN story. The coach felt that it was a derogatory term, so he opted to rename it the hero back. I I like monster back a lot better, don't you? Monster back, it's football, man. You can't get your feelings hurt if you're gonna if you're called a monster. That's a compliment in football, isn't it? 
So they got canceled way back in the 50s or 60s. <laughs> Apparently self-canceled by the coach who <laughs> felt bad for the well, player being called a monster. I, 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 growing up through in football and, and watching it uh, my whole life, I've always heard people describe the lowercase m, you know, uh, as a monster. That guy's a monster. Yes, right. To Daniil Hunter as a beast, uh, that's probably a synonym related mm-hmm. to that. And I don't think I find that offensive, but that is, that is a, it is a very um, descriptive name. And I think that's, uh, you know, I also remember a term rover back. Yes. So I don't know yes, if that's that was, yeah. also what Metellus is, you know, maybe a dispassionate version of what Metellus is doing. But he's, he's you know, as tough as you as a, a guy can be. Um, appears to be, to be someone who just knows how to play the game of football, and they're just trying to find a way to get him on the field, knowing it doesn't have to be at a traditionally uh, specified position. But if you're in the business of having your best 11 players on the field, that he, they need to find a way to, to make him one of those guys. I'm going to find, I, I, in, in my mind's eye, there was a Big Ten foot, a defensive player who – might have played for Michigan or Michigan State that was called a monster back back in the day. I'm going to find out exactly who that is. I got a text from somebody saying, I played monster back in 7th and 8th grade football back in the 1980s. Loved it. So he wasn't offended. He wasn't, he well, didn't, it, you know. It's, it's funny he mentions that because I my son's 7th grade football team has a defense called Bandit. I don't know. Really? You know there's all this kind of uh, oh, yeah. names that, that uh, uh, somebody got to sit back and, and come up with, but... Uh, they're all they're all appropriate for football. Does does your does your kid play monster back? No, uh, I don't. I don't think that they've even divided into positions yet. No, I don't know that I would too early. associate his personality with with that. <laughs> right. um, but we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll have to see how it goes. Maybe it's, maybe a bandit though. Not, not yeah, a monster, bandit. Maybe a bandit. And a, you know, bandit sounds I think a little more benign than monster <laughs> back. I mean, bandit I guess can be bad depending on what kind of bandit you are, but. I feel like you could probably get away with it a little bit, a uh, little bit more uh, easily as well. Um, so preseason game number two, I believe, is Saturday night, and this one I'm assuming you will go to because it's a home game. Are we going to get yes, what are we going to get out of this one that we didn't out of game one? Or do you think it's going to kind of play out the same way in terms of who's who is used and who isn't? Yeah, they, I mean, we know that Jordan Addison won't play, and he was one of the few kind of you know higher rostered type players who appeared in that game the other night in Seattle. I, after these two days against the Titans, I would imagine that unless some, unless, you know, they, they get into a, a significant rep deficit uh, as a result of interceptions early in team drills, I would imagine we're going to see all backups um, in, in that game and that the starters are going to um, uh, get their work this week. And so I, I would expect it to be, uh, similar, if not more, watered down than we saw the other night. Well, you're not helping, you know, the the, the folks who want to go to the game. I mean, I you, you, you're, you're listen on the fan. I mean, come on, I mean, that's can you lie a little bit? I mean, I don't mean you know 100, percent but maybe 50. percent uh, Well, Justin Jefferson will be there. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I'm lying about that. He spoke to the Jackals, including you. After yeah. I think KOC spoke, anything uh, tantalizing come out of JJ or pretty much standard fare? Not so much. You know, he was saying that uh, the fact that they have spent the whole summer against Flores' defense actually makes it, um, he didn't say easier, but he said the amount of, of sort of mental games that the Flores defense plays on an offense makes any other offense you play just by definition more, excuse me, any other defense you play 
by definition more recognizable. So I thought that was interesting that, I mean, it wasn't really a shot at the Titans so much as, as just noting that the Vikings offense has more than had its hands full in trying to get its practice work done this summer because of the disruption of the defense that, that Flores is implementing. Uh, Dalvin Cook has signed now officially with the New York Jets. What is he going to, what, what can he do for them, do you think? Um, I, you know, he, the guy that they would otherwise have as their top uh, runner mm-hmm. coming off an ACL, and unless your name is Adrian Peterson, it's not unusual to, especially for a, a running back, to that first season back from a torn ACL to not be as strong uh, as you would hope. And so I think it gives them just a better shot at having a high-end uh, rushing attack to go along with Aaron Rodgers. And just from the broader sense, I think that um, that when you go all in, with Rodgers, you just—I mean—it just makes sense that like if there's a if there's a running back who still has some juice left, um, may not be as good as he was on the best day of his career, but still has some juice, then and he wants to play for you, and you have the salary cap room, do it. You know, like don't don't start cutting corners after yeah. you bring the Hall of Fame guy in and mortgage your, you know, your 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 cap at least in the short term for it. So to me, that was you know that was the 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 big takeaway was just that. But, you know, all hands on deck if, if that's the direction you're going in. Uh, thank you, my friend. Enjoy the game uh, Saturday night. I think Giovanni's going, actually, with a couple of friends. We're on the outside looking in, but I, I'll i watch. I mean, I wouldn't miss a minute of it, that's for sure. Well, there is room in the press box. I'm pretty sure they That's a good point. Seat. Been a while, yeah. Maybe this is the year I come out of hiding. But I, if I do, it's going to be for a regular season. It ain't going to be. Uh, for, and by the way, Tampa Bay just lost. Who's the receiver that uh, Tampa Bay lost, Garzy? They just lost one of their, not uh, their Gage, best. Yeah, they're one of their best receivers, but a starter uh, to a non-contact injury. I think it's an ACL, isn't it? He's out. Regardless, he's out for the season. So we got well, that going uh, for us because that's our opener, right? Yep, that's the opener. That's the that's a, a position where they have enough depth that uh, you don't want to say anyone. It's okay if anyone leaves lose, you lose somebody with an ACL, but that is a, a one position the Buccaneers are pretty deep at. Yeah, Russell Gage is the. Uh, I think he caught like fifty five balls this season. You're right. Yeah. they do have they do have a number of uh, options, and we're all assuming Baker Mayfield is going to be the starter, right? He's going to start that opener. I I mean I sure assume so. That's the indication and. You know, he he definitely is not uh, his career has not gone in the direction that no. we thought after his first couple of years in Cleveland. But it's hard to imagine him not winning that job. Thank you, my friend. We'll chat uh, next week. Oh. Okay, Dan. Thanks, Kevin. Kevin Seifert, ESPN dot com from Vikings uh, practice today, filing a live report, joint practicing going on again tomorrow with the um, the Tennessee Titans. Got a text from Ryan out of Michigan. Great call on the monster back, Dan. You'll still hear that a little bit in high school. I was a proud monster playing high school ball in the Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Oh, the UP. Imagine being a monster oh in the my UP. God. Monster back. I, I got it. There was some, I want it, like I said, somebody will know. I, I want to say it was Michigan State had an, an, a very effective monster back. And so it's a common a guy, basically, who's a hybrid. When was that? This was, I want to say, the 60s. Oh. This goes back a long way. Because, you know, what's funny is Northwestern recently, with I want to say five years ago. They went with that? They employed, they called him a monster back. I'll have to look up his name, but that's what Fitz would call him, and he's our monster back. Yeah. And I don't know 
if they kept doing that, but there was one particular player that they did give the monster back moniker to. Somebody's saying Jabril Peppers from Michigan. Was oh. a I don't remember that term being used for him, but maybe it was. I Could don't have been. Call. Played essentially every position for the team. Uh, it, it, uh, you know, this is a defensive position, yes. obviously, where yes. you're a little bit of a defensive back, you're a little bit of a safety, and you're maybe even a little bit of a linebacker because you're that good and you can do uh, that many things. Uh, didn't Gerby's daughter play monster back? He mentioned that many years ago, according to Goat Guy. I think that's true. I, 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 that's coming back to me. That, yeah. That might- With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.